ஜானதிமிரந்தசிய ஜானந்தனசலகாயச்சுரும்தம்ேனஸ்மைஸ்ரீகுருவேநமஜனுலம்பதோபுஜோகனகாவதோசங்கீர்த்தனாயகுபிதோகமலாயதோ So today is the disappearance day of Gaur Kishordas Babaji Maharaj, a very important figure in our Gaudiya Saraswat Sampradaya. Once, due to the emphasis of Omishnupad Bhaktiraksha Kshiradeva Goswami Maharaj, on substance over form in his discourses. As a result of that kind of emphasis, one of my godbrothers, who had taken sannyas from Sridhar Maharaj, established a mat for him, or in connection with him, reasoned that Gorkishodas Babaji Maharaj had less of an impact on Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur than Bhakti Vinod Thakur. And in the name of substance of a form and being a form breaker, he decided to take the picture of Gaur Kishoras Babaji Maharaj off the altar. This news came to Sridhar Maharaj, and that calm and even-minded great harmonizer came outraged at such. He called that sannyasi and asked for his explanation. And as he tried to put forward his idea, he asked, well, what was the contribution of Gorgashwadas Babaji Maharaj? In other words, Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta Sarsthadakar had reason to draw a line of disciplic succession made up of prominent members of the Sambadaya whose influence was great. So... He had reasoned, what is the contribution of Gorkhshara's Babaji Maharaj? He did no books. He didn't open any temples. He didn't have many disciples. So when he asked, well, what was the contribution of Gorkhshara's Babaji Maharaj? Sridhar Maharaj, in a loud voice, replied, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Like Lokanath Goswami, the first of the Goswamis who went to Vrindavan, he had only one disciple, but... That one disciple was Narutam Das Thakur, and he preached so widely all over India, wrote so many songs, and such a prominent acharya he was. Similarly, Gorkhshodas Babaji Maharaj had really only one disciple, and that was the great Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasri Thakur, who took Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's mission all over the world himself, and subsequently through his disciples. So he's very important to us. It's true that Bhaktivinoda Thakur's preaching influence weighed heavily on Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur as opposed to the Bhajananandi posture of Gokshordas Babaji Maharaj. Bhaktivinoda Thakur has talked about two types of devotees, Vivekdanandi or Bhajananandi who stays to himself in solitary bhajan and Goshtianandi who goes out and preaches. And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was influenced by both of these types of devotees. In Bhaktivinoda Thakur, Goshtyanandi, and in Gorkishodas Babaji Marsh, Vivekdanandi or Bhajanandi. 
So it's true that because he was a great preacher, he took up the mission of fulfilling the desire of Bhakti Vinod to see Gaudiya Vaishnavism go all over the world to see Mahaprabhu's prophecy, that his name would be preached in every town and village, fulfilled. But at the same time, we cannot deny the influence of Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj. Babaji Maharaj and Bhaktivinoda Thakur, they were intimate friends in that year. Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj appeared in the world in West Bengal in a, I believe, a cloth merchant caste, subcaste family. But at a young age, he left the family for devotional life and he went to Vrindavan, and there he accepted the Babaji Vesh, the dress of a Babaji, which means a dress of a renunciate, from Bhagavatas Babaji Maharaj, and he heard regularly from the great Sarvabhoma Jagannathas Babaji Maharaj. And he himself became very famous for his devotion and the overt renunciation that he manifests that has been likened to that of Raghunath Das Goswami. We know the story of Das Goswami's renunciation and it makes us tremble to hear of it from Chaitanya Charitamrita, how, for example, he left home. This is real greed, lobha, eagerness for Krishna. He left home against great obstacles, obstacles of all types of material facilities that were provided for him by his wealthy family, personal cook, servant, whatever he needed. They tried to shackle him by material facilities, as most of us are, without anyone trying. <laughs> but in spite of that, he could not be tied down and looking for an opportunity. Because he went to Mahaprabhu, went to Nityananda Prabhu, and was told to be patient, look for an opportunity, don't be crazy. And so when the opportunity came and his greed and eagerness was mature, the night he left, went the back roads through the forest and jungles, maybe took 12 days or so to reach Jagannath Puri, not eating many of those days, fasting, sleeping in the cow sheds along the way, wherever he could get someplace, appearing in Puri, and in Puri, the story of his renunciation continues his habits of eating, how he would first, money was sent from home and he would provide with that money festivals for Mahaprabhu and his devotees. And then he began thinking, I'm a renunciate, but I'm taking money from home. How can I do that? So then he gave up that and he began to beg in front of the gate of the Jagannath temple. Then he found fault in himself for begging, thinking, oh, when they were begging, I'm thinking, this person has given yesterday Maybe he'll give today. That person didn't give. I will avoid him. And uh, this way he revealed the mentality of most beggars. Anyway, successively he took on more and more of a renounced posture. Ultimately he was found by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taking for his foodstuff that prasad of Jagannath Dev that had been given to the cows. And he was found there washing off some grains of rice and taking that. Mahaprabhu personally came there and said, 
So what is this? Again, you're having a feast, and this time you've not invited me. And he took some of that himself. That's why Mahaprabhu appreciated the renunciation of Raghunathas Goswami. It was mentioned in Chaitanya Charitamrita that renunciation is very dear to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. In the context, of course, of the culture of bhakti, there should be some bhairagya. Janayati ashu bhairagyam jnanam chairahoitikam vasudevi bhagavati bhakti yoga prayajita If we are doing bhakti yoga, devotion to Krishna, if we're culturing, then janayati ashu bhairagyam jnanam cha. Very quickly, knowledge and its corollary, the corresponding renunciation, should manifest in one. So in Gorkhasharas Babaji, it manifests to an extreme degree, such that it uh, has been compared to that of Raghunathas Goswami, the other Goswamis, Rupsanatham, living under a different tree we hear every night, and so forth. So he lived in the brudge like this, sometimes so absorbed in bhajan that he didn't go out to do madhukari. Madhukari means to go door to door and beg, get some chapati, and live in this way. He would eat the mud of the Jamuna and live on that. Some say that because of that he gradually became blind. I don't know the connection between eating mud and becoming blind, but at any rate he lived a very renounced life in the Braj, and after some time he decided to go to Nadia, Navadip Dam, and do his bhajan there. In Vrindavan, then we may make some offense. It's possible and it will be held on our record. But it is said of worship of Gaur Nityananda and the magnanimous nature of the Audari Leela of Navadvip, but no offenses are accepted there. So he went to Nadia, not that he had a record of any offense, but also it's, Shidamarsh used to say that he, as a young man, naturally he had affinity for Ram, as many young men and women of India did in those days, when Ram Raju was being called for by Gandhi and others. Of course, they had a political idea of Ram Raja, but Ram is noble and dutiful and dharmic and so forth. Krishna is a little bit harder to understand. But by connection with Gaudiyamat, then he developed affinity for Krishna. And in time, then for Mahaprabhu. We've spoken about this before. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was teaching his person. The worship of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is said to lead to Vrindavan. That's true. Prabhupada used to say, my place of worship is Navadvip. My place of residence is Vrindavan. Worship Goranga, live in Vrindavan. How can you worship Goranga Mahaprabhu and not live in Vrindavan when he himself is living there in his inner sentiments? So we worship Mahaprabhu, live in Vrindavan, but deep within Vrindavan we find Mahaprabhu again. Deeper appreciation of Mahaprabhu, not merely as the person showing the way to Vrindavan, but as the very essence of Vrindavan. Self. So, in spiritual enthusiasm for Gaur Lila, he went to Navadvip. And there he lived for the balance of his manifest Lila. A very extraordinary life. He became very well known as a Siddha Mahatma throughout all of Nadia. But he was fond of running away from the kind of popularity and fame that comes to one who is a sadhu. Again, we were reminded of Das Goswami. Mahaprabhu told him that you should not accept any honor from others. And when you do that, 
and as a result of it you become known as a sadhu, then the honor that comes from that you also have to reject. What did Raghunath Das Goswami say about honor or distinction, self-honor, self-distinction, pratishta? He said, this should be avoided, just like the stool of the pig. As I've told before, stool is bad enough, but pigs eat stool, what their stool must be. So is this desire for distinction, adoration, profit, name and fame. Babaji Maharaj ran away from this, and he was famous as a great devotee. He was truly worthy. He was truly worshipable throughout all the three worlds. But when people came to honor him, he would hide away from them. In fact, he went to extremes in this regard. Once, there are some anecdotes about the life of Kokshodas Babaji Maharaj that were compiled by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So drawing from my memory of those which I've read before, some things come to mind in this regard. Babaji Maharaj once locked himself in a latrine and did his Haridam Bhajan. Now, we heard from Bhagavad Gita that one should find a favorable place to do his Bhajan. <laughs> Solitary places, clean, and so forth. And there he was in Navadvipdam, so there are many wonderful places along the bank of the Ganges where he could have resided. But he decided to take up his place of bhajan inside of the latrine. He disappeared from the public eye, and nobody really knew where he was. And then one sweeper lady came, latrine cleaner, and found him there with the door locked and chanting Harinam. She pleaded for him to come out, but he didn't reply. And then she went and told others, and it became a talk of the town. Constable and all police chief came and implored him to come out. But he wouldn't pay any attention to them. They said, we will build you a house along the bank of the Ganges. You could come and do your bhajan there. Babaji Maharaj says, this is not a clean place. But he wouldn't budge from there. When Prabhupada, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, heard of his Guru Maharaj's extremes, Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur was initiating disciples before Gorkashodas Babaji Maharaj and Bhaktivinoda Thakur left, obviously with their blessings. The general rule is, one would not initiate in the presence of his guru, but because they saw in him a certain potential for preaching and so forth. He was already had already begun his mission, preaching at the Yoga Pit, the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So he sent some of his disciples to speak to Babaji Maharaj and persuade him. He wouldn't listen to anybody else, but when these came and identified themselves as the disciples of Saraswati Thakur, then he opened the door and said, and was very pleased to see them. Keshav Maharaj was one of them, prominent. And they said that we are the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta Sastri and he's asked us to come. And with that, he agreed to leave and come out of that place. So he wanted to hide away from... His idea was that the stench of worldliness and worldly people he could not tolerate. He would rather live in the latrine and do his bhajan than have to tolerate the stench of the mentality of materialistic people, especially materialistic people who pose themselves as being interested in devotional life. He could not tolerate that kind of hypocrisy. But he knew in his disciple, Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada, he had a person who was truly interested in spiritual life, and he was preaching properly the Bhagavad Dharma. In the midst of so much distortion, and hypocrisy in the name of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. 
Babaji Maharaj was once approached by a wealthy gentleman who had everything. But he reasoned at one point, the only thing I don't have is a guru. Set myself up perfectly in life. So he thought, I have to get one of those too. And of course, I had, he was wealthy, so he, he wanted to have the best guru. So Gorkhashorda's Babaji Maharaj's reputation was what it was, and so he went and sought him out. And at that time, I think he was living in a field where people go and pass stool. Obviously, he was oblivious to the external environment, as in the latrine and so in the stool field. Anyway, this fellow went to him and approached and said that I want to be your disciple. And whatever you ask me, I will fulfill that. He had a lot of money, so he's thinking he's living in the stool field. What can he ask? He'll want a, maybe a couture, a little house. I can build him that. I can give him some land. I, I can give him some cloth. He's a renunciate. What will he ask? Certainly I can fulfill any of his desires. So, Babaji Maharaj, I want to be a disciple. Whatever you ask, I will give. Whatever you want of me, I will carry that out. And Babaji Maharaj said, I only want one thing. You sit down here and stay with me. <laughs> and he ran away from the place. <laughs> Another occasion has been described that he decorated himself with fancy clothes. He wore fancy white silks, acquired them somewhere. Normally he would wear for his attire the um, clothes of cremated people, the remains from the cremated people, some torn rags and things he would dress himself in. But on this occasion, he got himself some white silks and dressed himself like a fop, like a fancy Dan, with the idea that people would think that he was materialistic and therefore they would avoid him. So he ran away from this kind of materialism and hypocrisy in the name of devotion in particular. But he found in Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur a sincere soul and he gave him all of his mercy. Some people who are opposed to the mission of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur have tried to make a case for his never having been initiated by Gorkishodas Babaji Maharaj. They have no real evidence, only just hearsay. But from our side, then, so many things can be mentioned, and some of them we've already touched on. The eyewitness accounts, for example, of Keshav Maharaj in the latrine of the affection of Gorkhajoras Babaji Maharaj for Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur. It is said that Bhakti Vinod Thakur wanted him to be initiated by Gorkhajor and sent him there. Of course, the Thakur Bhakti Vinod gave him Harinam to Bhakti Siddhanta and told him to get his Diksha Mantra from Gorkhajoras Babaji Maharaj. And again, they were close friends. Babaji Maharaj used to go and hear Bhagavatam at Svananda Sukhada Kunja from Bhakti Vinod Thakur regularly. And as the story goes, it was not easy for Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur to get that connection with Gorkhashoda's Babaji Maharaj. And Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur had many desirable qualities. He was a kind of young man that the world wanted, very morally upright, very bright, intelligent young man. He had very good qualities, materially speaking. 
and he found himself to be a desirable commodity in general. But when he went to Babaji Maharaj, Shilagor Kishore, he found that this person was not interested in any of those qualities that he had. He dismissed him. And on the basis of that dismissal, Bhaktisam Sarsitakur said that he could realize that what a valuable thing Gorakshadas Babaji Maharaj must have to dismiss the qualities that he had that so many people found to be desirable. And so with some persistence he went and maybe one, two, three times finally Gorakshadas Babaji Maharaj acquiesced and gave him initiation. And again we were reminded, as I said in the beginning, of Lokanath Goswami and Narutam Das Thakur. Lokanath Goswami had no disciples and Narutam Thakur decided to be his disciple wanted to be his disciple, but he found it very difficult to render any service to him because he would not accept service from anyone. So what did Narutam Das Thakur do? He went and hid in the woods, and when Lokanath Goswami went and passed stool and left, then Narutam would clean that area up. And while he was in the field, he would go into his kutir and clean that up. And when he came from the kutir into the house, then he would go and clean up in the field. So after some time, Lokanath Goswami could understand, somebody is serving me. Who is that nasty fellow who's serving me? This is a true Vaishnava. He avoided being served by anyone, thinking himself to be a servant. But, of course, it, it endeared him nonetheless to Narutam Dastakar, and he agreed to give him initiation. So with some persistence, Narutam Dastakar approached Lokanath, and eventually got that connection. And similarly, Bhakti Siddhanta is said to have approached persistently, time and again, and finally, with happy heart, Gorkashur Das Babaji Maharaj bestowed that gift of Diksha upon him. And actually, he told him at the time that you will realize your Swarup in the syllables of the Hare Krishna mantra. So he encouraged him to do Kirtan. And as I mentioned, he followed the influence of Bhakti Thakur in that regard and did dynamic kirtan. And only because of him, really, does the world know anything about Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj. So who was so foolish to think that the person who made Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj, known all over the world, on so many altars and so many temples, that that person has no connection with him, no love for him, no initiation from him? He had disciples of his own with the blessings of Bhakti Vinod and Gorkashoras Babaji during their manifest presence. And one of his followers, on the occasion of the Gaur Purnima, which year I cannot remember, at the Yogapit, which, as you know, was found by the divine vision of Bhakti Vinod Thakur. People were saying the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was in another location, and they were making a profit bilking the pilgrims there. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur opposed this and he studied maps and so forth and ultimately had a vision and found the birthplace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu on the Mayapur side, eastern side of the Ganga. And there was some effort then to develop that and there was a lot of local opposition. And so Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was helping. And on the occasion of the Gorpurnima one year, Saraswati Thakur was there and Gorkashuras Babaji Maharaj and Bhaktivinoda Thakur and the young man who Babaji Maharaj told you should take initiation from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. And so they went to the Thakur's place, and he was initiated there. And at that time, Gorkhishtar's Babaji Maharaj predicted 
Your life will be fulfilled by taking sannyas from a sadguru, and after that you will travel outside of India and preach the glories of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And that disciple of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, with the blessings of Gorgashordas Babaji Maharaj, after the disappearance of Thakur Bhaktivinoda, and after the disappearance of Gorgashordas Babaji Maharaj, took sannyas, Tridandi sannyas, from Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. So, he must be a sadguru, <laughs> because the words of Gorgashordas Babaji Maharaj cannot go unfulfilled. And of course, the last but not least, we come to the disappearance of Gorgashordas Babaji Maharaj, which we're remembering today. And that event also sheds considerable light on the substance of the connection between Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur and Gorgashordas Babaji Maharaj. Apparently, Babaji Maharaj told that when I leave the world, then you should take my body and drag it through the streets. And some of the people that, that identified with Gorgashordas Babaji Maharaj in some way and fancied themselves, let us say, as his followers, they wanted to fulfill his every word and they were prepared to drag his body through the streets after his departure. But Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur appeared on the scene and challenged them that if any of you has not committed an immoral act in the last three days, you can come forward and touch the body of my Gurudev. And they were so afraid of what might happen to them if they lied in the presence of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, who so forcibly made this challenge, that none of those immoral people came forward. And there were a lot of them. <laughs> and then Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasthi Thakur, with his own hands, performed the Samadhi rites of Gorkashordas Babaji Maharaj with the assistance of some of his followers. So this is very significant. And a number of years after that, the course of the Ganga shifted and the western bank of the Ganda was being eroded, and the Samadhi site of Gorkhashwadas Babaji Maharaj was about to be consumed by the Ganga, and so Prabhupada Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitakur arranged for the transfer of the Samadhi and remains of Gorkhashwadas Babaji Maharaj from there to the other side of the Ganga where he had his mission established. And this also was met with much opposition, but Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitakur and his disciples prevailed, and how can we think that the sacred remains of Gorkhashwadas Babaji Maharaj, that it came under the auspices of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitakura in this movement, could uh, not have done so if he had not had a substantial connection? Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasitakura had not had a substantial connection with Gorkhashwadas Babaji Maharaj. Indeed, as Sridhar said, as I mentioned in the beginning, contribution of Gorkhashordas Babaji Maharaj to the world was Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur. And we are all benefiting from that. So we offer our regard, highest regard, to Gorkhashordas Babaji Maharaj, a true saint, one who has lived a life that was more difficult for the average person to relate to and understand with such extremes. The anecdotes that I mentioned compiled by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur would send most devotees reeling, jumping out of their dhotis, thinking, oh my gosh, I better get out of this suit, otherwise I'll invoke the wrath of Gorkhashordas Babaji Maharaj for the hypocrisy that I'm about while dressed like this, wearing the tilak and the dhoti and the 
Kuntimala and so forth. But it's good for us to read those things and hear about them and have fear struck in our hearts that we might um, become serious and sincere and honest persons in our orientation to spiritual life. And this, of course, was the thrust of Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur, emphasizing on some of the more basic points and a moral foundation for Vaishnavism, which was greatly lacking, apparently, at the time. The disposition of Bhaktivinoda Thakur seemed to be very accommodating and liberal and broad. If you read his writings and you hear about him, it's very uh, appealing. Gorgashara's Babaji Maharaj, on the other hand, seemed quite the uh, antithesis. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur was a combined influence of these two. Some people also don't want to recognize his connection with Bhaktivinoda Thakur because he preached so differently. But we might reason that some of that influence and even cynicism that uh, we found in Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur in relation to the Vaishnav community and scene of the time was drawn from his Gurudev Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj. But if we listen carefully to his close disciples and their accounts of their association with him, we find such a tender heart in Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur. So, in the tender heart of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, of course, is on his sleeve, as they say sometimes. Not that Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj didn't have a tender heart, certainly did, but he reserved it and showed it only when he found a similar tender-hearted, sincere person, and, and those were a rare commodity, apparently at the times, probably at any time. But one of them was Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur, who received the full blessings of Gorkashore Das Babaji Maharaj, and under his direction, he emphasized this Hare Kirtan of Hare Krishna mantra and wide preaching as advocated by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. So, on days like this, the disappearance of great acharyas, gurus, saints in our parampara, we should uh, try to remember something about their activities and the philosophical implication of their lives, applied in our lives, and pine for their mercy and a divine connection. Any question? Who was that? Oh, I'm sorry. Bhakti Pradeep Tirtha Maharaj was the first to take sannyas from Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur. And I believe he went to England before anyone else. Though he was a disciple of Bhakti Vinod, but he took sannyas from Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur, fulfilled the prophecy of Gorkashordas Babaji Maharaj. Actually, some of the people who later opposed Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur were for years, including his brother Lalit Prashad, working with him in Mayapur under his direction. Later, he didn't like the style and whatnot of Bhaktisiddhanta and opposed him, but there was never at the time any objection to his uh, initiation or the idea that it hadn't occurred. It's all very much later development, propaganda against Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati Thakur in an attempt to break his group and defame him. But his fame goes on all over the world. <laughs> all right, then we'll stop there.